Hey, 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 guys, and welcome to the podcast, A Walk with Friends. It is me, your host, Marcella. Thank you so much for being here with me today, and I know that this chapter came out a little bit later in the day. I'm a little bit under the weather, but I knew that it is important that we get our daily reading together done no matter what. So I really appreciate you being here. Let's jump into Acts 13. Are you ready? Here we go. Maybe the birds will sing about your heart. Maybe the trees will. The first missionary journey. Among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the Black Man, Lucius from Cyrene, Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. Paul's First Missionary Journey So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. There, in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. Afterward, they traveled from town to town across the entire island until finally they reached Paphos, where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elemas, the sorcerer, as his name means in Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked the sorcerer in the eye. Then he said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around, begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. Paul and his companions then left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port town of Perga. There, John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went to the synagogue for the services. After the usual readings from the books of Moses and the prophets, those in charge of the service sent them this message. Brothers, If you have any word of encouragement for the people, come and give it. So Paul stood, lifting his hand to quiet them, and started speaking. Men of Israel, he said, and you God-fearing Gentiles, listen to me. 
The God of this nation of Israel chose our ancestors and made them multiply and grow strong during their stay in Egypt. Then with a powerful arm, he led them out of their slavery. He put up with them through 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Then he destroyed seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to Israel as an inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After that, God gave them judges to rule until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people begged for a king, and God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, who reigned for 40 years. But God removed Saul and replaced him with David, a man about whom, God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. And it was one of King David's descendants, Jesus, who was God's promised savior of Israel. Before he came, John the Baptist preached that all the people of Israel needed to repent of their sins and turn to God and be baptized. As John was finishing his ministry, he asked, Do you think I am the Messiah? No, I am not, but he is coming soon, and I'm not even worthy to be his slave and untie the sandals on his feet. Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also you God-fearing Gentiles, this message of salvation has been sent to us. The people in Jerusalem and their leaders did not recognize Jesus as the one the prophets had spoken about. Instead, they condemned him. And in doing this, they fulfilled the prophet's words that are read every Sabbath. They found no legal reason to execute him, but they asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had done all that the prophecies said about him, they took him down from the cross and placed him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and over a period of many days he appeared to those who had gone with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to the people of Israel. And now we are here to bring you this good news. The promise was made to our ancestors, and God has now fulfilled it for us, their descendants, by raising Jesus. This is what the second Psalm says about Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. For God had promised to raise him from the dead, not leaving him to rot in the grave. He said, I will give you the sacred blessings I promised to David. Another psalm explains it more fully. You will not allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. This is not a reference to David. For after David had done the will of God in his own generation, he died and was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to someone else someone whom God raised and whose body did not decay. Brothers, listen. We are here to proclaim that through this man, Jesus, there is forgiveness for your sins. Everyone who believes in him is made right in God's sight, something the law of Moses could never do. Be careful. Don't let the prophet's words apply to you. For they said, Look, you mockers, be amazed and die. For I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged them to speak about these things again the next week. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Paul returns to the Gentiles. The following week, almost the entire city turned out to hear them preach the word of the Lord. <laughs> But when some of the Jews saw the crowds, they were jealous. So they slandered Paul and argued against whatever he said. 
Then Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly and declared, It was necessary that we first preach the word of God to you Jews. But since you have rejected it and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life, we will offer it to the Gentiles. For the Lord gave us this command when he said, I have made you a light to the Gentiles to bring salvation to the farthest corners of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. So the Lord's message spread throughout that region. Then the Jews stirred up the influential religious women and the leaders of the city, and they incited a mob against Paul and Barnabas and ran them out of the town. So they took the dust from their feet as a sign of rejection and went to the town of Iconium. And the believers were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. application and commentary. This was the beginning of Saul's first missionary journey. The church was involved in sending Paul and Barnabas, but it was God's plan. Why did Paul and Barnabas go where they did? One, the Holy Spirit led them, and two, they followed the communication routes of the Roman Empire, making travel easier. Three, they visited key population and cultural centers to reach as many people as possible. And four, they went to cities with synagogues, speaking first to the Jews in hopes that they would see Jesus as the Messiah and help spread the good news to everyone. When Paul and Barnabas went to a new city to witness for Christ, they went first to the synagogues. The Jews who were there, however, believed in God and diligently studied the scriptures, but tragically could not accept Jesus as the promised Messiah because they had the wrong idea of what the Messiah should be. He was not as they desired, a military king who would overthrow Rome's control, but a servant king who would defeat sin in people's hearts. Paul and Barnabas did not separate themselves from the synagogues, but tried to show clearly that the very scriptures the Jews studied pointed to Jesus. Paul's message to the Jews in the synagogues began with an emphasis on God's covenant with Israel. This was a point of agreement, because all Jews were proud to be God's chosen people. Then Paul explained how the good news fulfilled the covenant. Some Jews found this message hard to swallow. Because Paul was speaking to devout Jews, he began reminding them about the covenant, Abraham, David, and other familiar themes. Later, when speaking to the Greek philosophers in Athens, he would begin by talking about what he had observed in their city, in both cases, however, he centered the sermon around Christ and emphasized the resurrection. When we share the good news, begin where your audience is, then tell them about Christ. This is the focus of the good news. Forgiveness of sins and freedom from guilt are available through faith in Christ to all people, including you. Have you received this forgiveness? Are you refreshed each day by the thought that you are right with God through Jesus? So why was it necessary for the good news to go first to the Jews? God planned that through the Jewish nation, all the world would know of God, Genesis 12:3. Paul, a Jew himself, loved his people and wanted to give them every opportunity to join him in proclaiming God's salvation. 
Unfortunately, many Jews did not recognize Jesus as Messiah, and they did not understand that God was offering salvation to anyone, Jew or Gentile, who comes to him through faith in Christ. God had planned for Israel to be this light, Isaiah 49, 6. Through Israel came Jesus, the light of the nations. This light would spread out and enlighten the Gentiles. But instead of accepting the truth, the Jewish leaders stirred up opposition and ran Paul and Barnabas out of town. When confronted by a disturbing truth, people often turn away and refuse to listen. When God's Spirit points out needed changes in our lives, we must listen to Him. Otherwise, we may be pushing the truth so far away that it no longer affects us. Thank you guys for joining me for the Bible study of Acts 13. I'll meet you again here tomorrow for Acts 14. Have a great day.